you're 15 years old and you're watching a movie with your best friend. There's a sex scene where something kind of bad is happening between two of the characters, but you find it interesting, really interesting. In fact, you vow to watch it a few more times to figure out just what's so interesting. This is Real Sex. Ooh, that sugar sweet, you got what I need. Sipping on the potion, all that good emotion. This is Real Sex with Dr. Noel. I'm Dr. Noel Pomeroy, a clinical sexologist and licensed mental health counselor. I'm going to be talking to guests about sex scenes from movies and TV that they find the most memorable. Maybe it's because it caused them to have a personal epiphany, or it could be something they watched over and over and over and over and over for personal research purposes. Or it could be the first time they ever learned or saw a single thing about sex. Let's find out. In 1983, she was the founder of the now defunct Cat Club with yours truly. (laughs) Cats are terrific is what Cat stood for, by the way. There was infighting and our club had to break up. Now, all I can say is she is a wonderful woman, my oldest and best friend in the world, Rebecca Stoicheski. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for that introduction and, my, and that my legacy will be the cat club. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of all the strange things we did as children. And uh, that one was the one that kind of seemed the most hilarious and sad, but joyous because we loved it. Yes. yes, we did. We had buttons. Yes, we did. So you and I have known each other since our, our parent, our moms knew each other when yes. they were pregnant with us. Yes. So in utero is, I think, when we first first met. <laughs> so before we get started on the movies that you brought to us today, I'm going to read some of our social media comment. Um, nice. I'm so excited uh, that people are starting to respond on social media and email. This one comes from Katie Complains. She responded at, at Real Sex Pod on Twitter. She says, "I recommend a real mixed bag." A Castle for Christmas, which is, it's on Netflix right now. It's Brooke Shields and Carrie Elwes. And she says, because just like we need to encourage more terrible holiday movies starring people of color, we also need to encourage these terrible movies starring people over the age of 50. I don't know if there's any sex scenes in this one because it's a Netflix made for TV movie, but thank you for the recommendation, Katie. And she says Sex Lives of College Girls because it's great, obviously. Now, Sex Lives of College Girls is uh, many... um, a series airing on HBO right now. I think it has somewhere between six and nine episodes that have been released and it is very sex positive. Rebecca, have you seen it yet? I have not. It's, no, but it's I'm all cute. It's sex uh, produced and run by Mindy Kaling. Oh, love her. And it's about four college roommates at a fictional college in the Northeast. And there's not anyone who's super famous in it. Rob Hubel plays one of the uh, parents um, and Olivia Spencer is one of the other parents uh, but my I love Timothy Chalamet and his sister is one of the main characters Pauline uh, a lot of women in charge of their own sexual ex- escapades liking sex seeking it out it's pretty awesome great highly recommend you know it's funny when I've talked to guys about the show and talking about sex scenes almost all of them bring up the same movie but for a different reason and it's the movie that you brought Mm -hmm. to us 1982's fast times at ridgemont high 
Let me guess the scene that they mention. <laughs> Could it be Phoebe Cates who plays Linda as she walks out of the pool? Yeah. Is that the uh, is that, that the would scene? be the scene. <laughs> well, that is a, a memorable scene. Yes, she is stunning. Yes. In it. Uh it's it's also a funny scene too because it's from Judge Reinhold's uh, perspective, Brad. Uh, the older brother of Linda's friend. And so, yeah, she comes out at this and it's a fantasy shot. I believe she does take off her top. Yeah, she, it's a front uh, clasp bikini and she yes. takes it off. And then you find out it's all from his fantasy perspective. She's just getting out of the pool. <laughs> and then she walks in on him <laughs> masturbating to her. Ah, that's uh, right. She, I, did, I know she doesn't even knock. She just walks into her friend's <laughs> closed bathroom. I just right. thought that was kind of, uh, but yeah. but what was the part of fast times that you wanted to talk about? Yes, uh, not that. Um, although I, it it is a good scene, and uh, the whole the whole movie is great. Little step back, 1982. Uh, I was six years old, so I did not see this in the theater. Okay. <laughs> my uh, my mom did take me to see some questionable movies, but uh, as long as there was violence in it, completely fine. People it was the sexual sex. content that she was worried about. Yes. And uh, so, uh, yeah, in 1982, I was seeing Tron and E.T. Mm. Very, very safe movies. And so I didn't see Fast Times at Ridgemont High until it was played incessantly on Channel 50 in the Detroit area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that back channel 50? Is that back when the top dial had to be on you and the bottom dial had to be on 50? Yeah. You had to make sure that uh, the screenplay is by Cameron Crowe and it was based on a book that he wrote. He was 22 years old and he went undercover in, uh, at a high school. So he wrote a book based on his experience in high school, as well as interviews he did with some of the high school students. Oh, so he takes this, you know, very thoughtful approach, slice of life uh, approach to the screenplay. And then you had Amy Heckerling, who directed it. And 1982, not a ton of female directors, mm-hmm. not a ton now, no. <laughs> certainly not in 1982. So I think with their perspectives, you ended up having a, a smart movie that was sympathetic to its characters. Yeah, didn't she go on later in the mid nineties and make Clueless? She did, she did yeah. another noted. So she's uh, real good at giving the female perspective in these otherwise, mm-hmm. uh, in mm-hmm. these situations that under the guidance of a male director might've been completely different. Yes, exactly. Might've been Porky's. <laughs> might've been Porky's, yes. <laughs> right. Goodness knows we don't need another Porky's. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, we didn't need it then either (laughs) the scene the first scene that i um wanted to bring up with this character is uh stacy played by jennifer jason lee her character is 15 in the movie working at a pizza place meets a customer there who's good looking 26 years old drives a cool car and asks her out on a date and she's excited she goes on this date and it ends up with her first sexual experience. And it's very romantic. 
and I mean that very sarcastically. <laughs> it, is, it is the opposite of because uh, he takes her to where all girls dream of losing their virginity. Yes, yes, a, a baseball a dugout. <laughs> and I, oh, a baseball dugout. I think that's in. I think that's in a lot of romance novels too. That's a really nice jacket. Thanks. Thanks a lot. It's warm. Yeah, it is. It's really warm. Wonder how long it will last. So, am I gonna get to first base? <laughs> you you actually literally see it from Stacy's perspective at one point because she's lying down, he's on top of her, they're having intercourse. And you see the, the cameras on her face. Her expression is just kind of blank. And she, you see that her perspective at one point in the camera is uh, looking up. So you mm -hmm. see her just staring at, you know. Words written up. on the top of the dugout. Yes, yes, the graffiti, yeah, and everything, yeah. And uh, so it's a very, for her, very anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming climatic for, for him. Yes. Uh, but the movie is about her or a part of the movie follows different characters. And uh, so it, it stuck out in my mind because I saw it at a young age. And I think in some way it, it really may have subconsciously made an impact because, you know, you just saw how disappointed she was. Yeah. Um, what I liked though about it was that there wasn't this, you know, self-hatred or feeling like I'm a whore. Mm -hmm. It was more of, this is not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And then in the movie, she does try and explore sexuality and other partners. Yeah. Um, and that does not go well either. <laughs> but I think reasons. this influenced you more than you think. Cause I remember when we were like 15 or 16 and we'd be dating guys and you'd say, Hey, Noel, is he taking you to the dugout yet? And I'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like that's where you're supposed to go it's dugout. no but it influenced me the way that like I think that I was very aware of being pressured into having intercourse and and not and just not you know in my teen years yeah uh, I just didn't want to mm -hmm. you know this particular scene I rewatched because uh, I knew we were going to talk about it and a couple of things struck me besides the unromantic setting of the dugout. First was <laughs> when he knows that she's young, but she says she's 19. Yes, so yes, he, he is not as creepy as he seems. Oh, in, yes. In discussion of it. That. That he important. did check with that her and she just left. Yes, he did. Yes. That is the important. other thing is when he goes in for a kiss, he goes tongue first. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, I have to say in all the people I've talked to about kissing throughout the years, professionally, in my personal conversations, <laughs> you want to steer away from the tongue until you can determine how much tongue is called for. Yes. This guy was tongue first and it was alarming to watch. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I, I, it's, it's funny and gross and, um, also, too, it's it just kind of plays into the fact that here he's there for one thing. So the next movie we're going to move on to is a movie I kind of encouraged you to pick because <laughs> we saw this together in the theaters in 1991. Yes. How which would have made us 
14 or 15 years old. Yes. And this movie's scary as crap. It is. Kate Fear, mm-hmm. Robert De Niro, Juliette Lewis, Nick Nolte, Jessica Lange. Back in the day, another way of dating ourselves, back in the day when you could walk into a movie theater to see a very R-rated movie at 14 or 15 and, you know, the no one batted an eye. Well, I think the the technique, if I remember at the time, because we went to a theater for this one that was on uh, Michigan Avenue. Yeah. One of our parents would pull up, drop us off. We'd go up to the ticket booth. And then if they'd sell us a ticket, we'd give the thumbs up and the parents would leave. Yes. Not the parents would get out, buy us the ticket, hand it to us. And then we'd go in. Yeah, that's true. I, that's right. I don't think they, yeah, parents didn't care so much either, I guess. (laughs) Well, I think maybe this one, if they knew. Sometimes they were just like, oh, how bad can it be, you know? Robert De Niro plays Max Cady, paroled villain. Uh, Yeah, well, he he was paroled on murder, right? uh, Well, actually on um, rape charges. He gets out, but he has learned throughout the 14 years that he's been in prison that the his uh, attorney played by Nick Nolte did not provide him with like adequate counsel but he felt the best yeah the best defense adequate counsel because he purposely withheld information um about the victim and you first and and this guy's just a complete psychopath like throughout the entire movie Mm -hmm. so max katie robert de niro's character decides to make nick nolte's life a living hell by messing with his family including his 15 year old daughter played by Juliette Lewis. Yes. Which I think was her first film. Yeah. And she was great. She is in this part, we're talking about a student in an acting class Mm -hmm. and she basically shows up to acting class and Robert De Niro's character, Max is pretending to be the acting coach, but they've never met Mm -hmm. face to face. Mm Mm-hmm. And he shows a tremendous interest in her, which apparently is exactly what she wanted and was craving as a 15-year-old girl. Her family life is rough. You know, her parents are- Volatile, I'd say. Yes, very volatile. Yeah, volatile. Uh, Nick Nolte's character is having an affair. And she's a prime candidate for grooming because of her vulnerability. Yes, this is very much grooming. So now that said- when I saw this, I was around that same age, you know, 15, the characters, mm-hmm. 15, 16, high school. So, you know, as an adult seeing this scene, <laughs> it's very different. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and, but as, you know, uh, someone around that age, like when she goes up to him and he, puts his, I think he puts his hand on her face and then she sucks on his thumb. Yes. Yes. Again, as a 45 year old woman, if I saw this, I would be like, this is horrible. Oh no, run. You are in danger. Mm -hmm. No, don't do it. At the time, obviously I knew that, you know, this was going to end and poorly as I'm watching this scene, but I, gotta admit (laughs) just a surge of electricity went through my body ah I thought oh oh my what is this (laughs) 
<laughs> like I was really responding to that power dynamic mm-hmm. again in a very safe way. This wasn't actually happening to me. I knew this was a movie. Yeah. So I, and I, I think that's something important for people to understand, you know, and maybe why to explain like why I didn't feel guilt or why I don't feel weird about it mm-hmm. <laughs> is that, is that, uh, this was um, as kind of a safe way to, uh, you know, explore these feelings, you mm-hmm. know, by watching this scene for research. Yes. Uh, afterwards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and so, if you haven't seen the movie, the only thing that really happens is he sticks his finger in her mouth. She sucks on it for yes. a while, and then they kiss, which is enough yes. to tur- churn your stomach. Ugh. Uh, because yeah. you know you know the whole time that he is this evil Max Katie and that she's falling for this dynamic but the power dynamic is so off in this and you know there's so much grooming going on even though it's brief because he yeah. knows that she's got this messed up life she's seeking certain things yes then she even starts to talk a little bit like a baby it's not mm-hmm real real obvious but she does kind of speak in a very childlike way while she's talking to him like almost like in a pretend shy Mm -hmm, coy Mm -hmm. yeah and it is very i mean yeah the dynamic can be hot but the fact that in the movie this character is so vulnerable in that moment because he could have snapped her neck having your interest piqued by a power dynamic that exists in a relationship is so much more common of a something that piques people's interest than I had any awareness of before I entered into this profession of sex therapy. Uh, I would say that there are people who like to have a power dynamic in their sexual situations because it adds something to Mm -hmm. the occasional sexual encounter. And then there are people who have to have it present in order mm. to enjoy their sexual encounters. Does this also include like, like the relationships or so it would be sexual encounters within a relationship where they want? Yeah, so it, it actually depends. So you have people who want, people who want to be uh, submissive are 10 times more common than people who want to be dominant. So oh, interesting. we'll say for the sake that someone wants to be uh, submissive in their relationship. There's people who want to be submissive only during sex. There's only people who want to be submissive during sex on occasion. And then there's people mm-hmm. who want to be submissive in their relationship, even outside of sex. Mm. So people who want it all of the time are a little less common um, mm-hmm. than people who just want it in occasional sexual situations. And it's kind of, and for those people who want it all the time, they have to find the right partner partners that are going to give that to them because it takes a lot of work to always be dominant yes yeah which is probably why you have fewer dominant people (laughs) well I think it's just like that kind of emotional energy huh I know it requires too much effort I can't imagine like I think from a practical perspective the idea of being submissive in my daily life might be kind of nice be like go do this all right I don't have to think about it I'm just gonna go do it (laughs) <laughs> not that that's or just during sex it's like no i'm just i'm just gonna lie here because i'm uh, i'm submissive so i don't really want to do anything but... <laughs> you do all the work 
I'll be, I'll just be here observing. I'll just be here leaving. <laughs> the last yes. movie we're going to talk about, um, <laughs> 1995's Showgirls. Yay, Showgirls. Starring Elizabeth Berkley, a.k.a. Jesse Spano from Saved yes. by the Bell, Gina Gershon, and a very 90s haircutted Kyle MacLachlan. Yes. Showgirls, I remember when it, the movie came out because there was this big deal. It was going to be an NC-17 movie. And how horny of a, of a society are we, by the way, that everyone was so excited because finally we were getting an <laughs> NC-17 movie. Right. A mainstream, mainstream NC-17 movie. Oh my gosh. And uh, well, you know, I mean, people were offended. People were interested, intrigued. It was just everything. Uh, then the movie came out and everyone um pretty much had the same reaction was this is garbage (laughs) 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 like there's no no need to get upset about this movie no one's gonna go see it and uh so the acting is failure horrific Yes, if you are going in expecting a certain kind of movie. <laughs> you have to watch it through the right lens. Yes, exactly. If you're watching it as like, a, you know, just for pure camp, you're like, this is genius. <laughs> so the specific scene we want to talk about is yes. Nomi, played by mm-hmm. Elizabeth Berkley and Kyle McLaughlin in the tackiest swimming pool I've ever seen. <laughs> Can you describe this sex scene for us, Rebecca? Uh, So he and Nomi are in this pool um, and end up in what is supposed to be a very intense uh, sexual situation. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet it basically ends up with her, uh, on one hand, you could say acting her heart out. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to put it. On the other hand, uh, end up uh, flopping around like a uh, fish trying to breathe. Uh, <laughs> out oh of my water goodness! Oh, so it the two characters. The scene's like three minutes long. The two characters yeah. are kind of approaching each other for like two and a half minutes of it. It seems like yes. completely naked. That's the foreplay that's building it up. <laughs> oh my goodness! And at what point it looks like she's going underwater to give him a blowjob, which I was thinking like, does she have gills? Cause I'm really trying to figure out how this is happening. <laughs> right. How is she going to breathe? It's when she comes out of water and, and starts flopping around. Oh my goodness. So she, he's kind of either sitting or stooping and she puts her legs around him. And apparently there is insertion, which we'll get to in a minute when it comes to pools <laughs> and she's kind of bobbing up and down. And then imagine someone doing the shimmy with their shoulders right. but then they like completely lose control and their whole body starts to shimmy <laughs> and if you had like cgi'd instead of kyle mclaughlin like a shark eating her <laughs> that's how out of control she looked like she was like yes an alligator was trying to pull her underwater <laughs> right yes yes it's like that uh that video um Oh, that guy who instead of a chocolate chocolate fountain, he puts cheese in the fountain and then it starts, you know, whipping around out of his control. That was like it. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if her performance is the scariest thing I've ever seen 
or if she just tapped into something I've never been privy to. Me, yes, maybe, and maybe that was it. <laughs> yeah, or maybe Kyle McLaughlin's penis it was just that amazing. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> I don't know. So I want to talk about pool sex because I think when two people are relaxed and they're together and they're next to each other in a hot tub or the bathtub or a hopefully not too public pool mm-hmm. and you, you're getting close and you think, oh, it would be really great to have sex in here. Mm-hmm. The problem with that, it becomes the slipperiest, wettest structure on the planet, water. Yes. Is actually exactly the opposite of what you need when you want to have intercourse. (laughs) There is nothing less wet than water when you want to have intercourse. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Pool sex is much more challenging than I think people who have not tried it are prepared for. So yeah, probably again, movies and TV are probably to blame for that because, well, I mean, it's a situation where you know, there are two people in, you know, uh, little clothing. So yeah. already mostly naked, already mostly naked. So might as well. If you were swimming in a pool of lubricant, <laughs> Hey, go for it. You probably be just fine. And you know what? You're probably going to be getting that stuff out of your hair for three weeks. So good luck, but <laughs> right. well, it has been my absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming. Well, thank you for inviting me. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Real Sex Pod, R-E-E-L, sex, R-E-E-L-S-E-X Pod. And if you want to email us because you have something that you want us to watch or you want to share something with us, it's real, R-E-E-L, sex pod at gmail.com. Rebecca, thanks for coming. Oh, thank you. This has been another episode of Real Sex with Dr. Noel. Feel free to turn up the lights. Or not.